Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Superman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 75, Heavy Metal and Warrior Queen. Hi, pals. We're, uh, what, what, what is this, like mid-season three? Something I guess like mid-season really three, yeah. Flying We're like through in, these things. The middle? Yeah. No, more than, like, more than the middle of the series. Over We're the well, middle? well near the end of the series, honestly. Mm. There's... There's a big two-parter coming up next week, and then yeah, yeah. a couple more, and then I think we're into season four. So it's uh, slipping right by us. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're wasting the time we have available with episodes like Warrior Queen. Oh yeah, but I mean, we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, Heavy Metal was a little better, but like still, eh. Heavy Metal had some characters I cared about. Yes, it did, but also it had a lot of fighting. I thought you like that stuff. I like it if it's good. I don't like it if it's just like let's punch uh, each other for twenty minutes. We go through this every time because I can't tell the difference. Sure, I have fight blindness. It all looks the same to me. Ah, uh, fight. Actually, blindness. that's not true. Early in this series, uh, you know, there were a lot of fights with robots that I was into. But, mm-hmm. uh, there's some of that here, at least. Mm-hmm. Well, when you so, see one one fight with a robot, you've seen them all. Ah, uh, excuse me. <laughs> How Podcast dare you? over. You coming to my home? What's that? You coming to my home? Yeah, come on, man. (laughs) Robots are all I got. Uh, In these trying times. (laughs) All right. Autumn, tell us what happens in heavy metal. All right. So, oh, hey, it's John Henry Irons, former LexCorp employee and guy with Worf's voice. And here's his niece, voiced by Cree Summers, otherwise known as every animated character that isn't Tress McNeil. Hey, Tress. John's working on a big, cool set of armor so he can fight crime alongside his new pal, Superman. It's like Iron Man, except with steel, which is probably a better alloy to make a big robot suit out of. Meanwhile, a local bank is being robbed by some weird dudes in goggles, one of whom suspiciously sounds like the bad guy from Tank Girl. Oh shit, it's Metallo. He's back and he has less face and more chest doors than ever. And also his one sad, shredded shirt. Poor Metallo, no wonder you turn to crime repeatedly. Anyway, John espies the robbery, and uh, and I lost my place completely. Anyway, John espies the robbery and takes a pot shot at Metallo with one of his steel gauntlets, which mostly just pisses Metallo off, and he's always pretty pissed off since Lex Luthor put his brain in a robot body, and then he got buried in the ocean and in a volcano for two years. Anyway, Superman finally arrives, everyone fights for a while, and then Metallo unleashes the sinister power behind his little door, bathing Superman in kryptonite. John and Nate take Superman back to John's lab, where they slap the Man of Steel into a tanning booth to restore his strength. Meanwhile, John puts on his steel armor and goes and batters Metallo with his big hammer for a while. Anyway, Superman finally arrives, again. Everyone fights for a while, again. Then Metallo unleashes the sinister power behind his little door, bathing Superman in kryptonite. Again. Come on, Superman, I know you're kind of stupid, but this literally just happened to you. Anyway, Steel hits Metallo with a hammer and knocks him out of the building, saving the day, I guess. Superman thanks Steel and they shake hands. This looks like the beginning of a beautiful friendship and a not great movie starring Shaq. Well, at least they didn't shack hands, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was terrible. I, don't I am impressed that hands. you got one sad shredded shirt out in one take. That was very good. <laughs> I'm a very capable voice actor, as you well know. 
And then uh, two sentences later, you lost your place. I was, mm-hmm. I was so pleased for you. And then it was like, oh, no. The worst part is that my place has like a little like a little blue line under it because of a grammatical error. Like, yeah, because the word it... espies isn't an actual word, which that's fine. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, but, but like, Google I should have been able to find it right away. But no. Nah, you were probably so pleased with one sad shredded shirt. Mm hmm. Uh, I never saw that movie with Shaq. Was there actually any Superman connection? Or did they no. just make it some weird standalone thing with a basketball player and some metal armor? No, it's just that Shaq really likes Superman. And they decided to make yeah. a movie around that. But they didn't put... What I'm saying is they didn't put Superman in it. No, it's weird. Because that's... That isn't... We talked about this last week when Fred was on. Like, mm-hmm. this is the point of Steel. He's mm-hmm. he's a good dude with engineering skills who yeah. wants to help Superman. So yeah. he's... He's Superman's friend who gives him a hand. And without that element, he's just some guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, Shaq? I've, I wanted to make a Superman movie. All right. Okay, why didn't you put Superman in it? I'm fine with, like, go ahead. Yeah. Good, good job. Why don't, put Superman in it. <laughs> uh, I can't really fault anyone who wants to make a Superman movie. No. I can fault them for making a bad Superman movie. No, I can fault a few people for that. Uh-huh. A lot of people. Eh. I think only three people have had a crack at it, really. Mm, that's true, actually. Well, I mean, the, the Richard Donner movies got taken over by other people. but there Yeah, was only, I like, mean, there's only three, three Richard Donner movies, right? The, well, there were the first two, and then uh, the third one was... Like, well, the second one was kind of taken over by a different guy, and then the third one, same guy. So, I, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my point is there have only really been, like, three big movie versions of Superman. Sure. And the current one is terrible. It sure is. Mm-hmm. This was pretty good, though. Yeah. I like, like I like Steel. I, I'm glad we got the payoff to that. Like, we were all yeah. like, hey, where's you, you were setting him up. Where is he? And mm-hmm. turns out, we'll just wait a week, dummies. Yeah, you really you really didn't have to uh, have to wait too long for uh, Steel to show up again. Yeah, and I'm glad for that. They almost yep. could have made it like a two-parter. Yeah. But, you know, this isn't bad. And, and making him fight Metallo the first time is a good, solid thing. Yep. Have the metal like guy fight the metal guy, and then have one of the metal guys call it out. Yeah, I liked that. Mm-hmm. I'm going also, to f- I'm going to fight you, Steel, to a robot and a guy who owns a robot that he lives inside of. Hmm. Well, that's that's not exactly what this is. I just <laughs> I just put on. A no, no, I get stuff. it. A robot <laughs> lives inside of me, and you live inside of a robot. No, that's that's not what. This is. This isn't. There's really not any robot aspect to it. It's just metal skin, basically. Uh, right, and I have skin, skin. <sighs> on my face. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna wail on you with this hammer. All right. <laughs> this conversation is exhausting. That always also, happens when I come to town. <laughs> also, I am dead certain. Like, so it ends with uh, Steel sort of lobbing the hammer at him like a javelin. Mm-hmm. And it catching uh, uh, Metallo square in the chest, so it yep. shatters the kryptonite, sends him sailing out the window, like, what is it, a couple of stories, right? Yep. And onto the street where he's still pinned with the hammer. Mm-hmm. And the point of me pointing all this out is he the first time he appeared, he got stuck in the bottom of the ocean for a really long time. Second yep. time, stuck in, the, in, in a volcano for a long time. Yep. I'm pretty sure he's just going to be in the middle of that street for like a year <laughs> until he appears the next time. <laughs> You left me in the middle of a crowded street, Superman, and I'll have my revenge. Most of the cars swerved to not to hit me, but not all of them. <laughs> You'd think one car hitting me would knock the hammer off my chest. Well, that's how I escaped. 
eventually. If, eventually. I guess, I guess he's working for Intergang now, which they're really not doing a an outstanding job of setting up Intergang. Like, they, they've used them once or twice. Not but... really. And also, like, it feels like an afterthought. It's just Metallo yeah. going around going, I'm an Intergang now. How did I? Well, let's see. In 20 years, someone's going to make a stupid nitpicky ass website that's going to say, how did he get out of the volcano? So I don't know, Intergang, whatever. <laughs> they use their technology to help me. Uh-huh. My friends at Intergang were really more of work acquaintances, Metallo. My good friends. So they are wearing ski masks and goggles when they do their mm-hmm. uh, their robbery, which, yep. okay, that's actually not a bad reveal because one of these generic ass, like, sort of sci-fi criminals is actually Metallo mm-hmm. and you don't realize it. That's kind of cool. And well, one of them, Metallo's voice starts coming out of him. Well, yeah, it's hard to, you can't hide your Malcolm McDowell. Sure. You know that old expression. You can't hide your Malcolm McDowell under a bushel? Yes. <laughs> Don't you dare put me under a bushel. <laughs> Nobody I puts Captain in a bushel. <laughs> um, but uh, then one of them takes off his ski mask, and he's got one of those flat robber caps on. Yep. Under the ski mask? Yep. What? How does that work? He's a real freaky beatnik. <laughs> well, the, the, the cap is fine. He looks like a, you know, a cartoon crook. Doesn't, doesn't but... he also have, like, little sunglasses? I believe so. Under the ski mask. Under the ski mask. And and the goggles. <laughs> so he's looking through, I guess, their prescription lenses. Mm-hmm. So he can see through the goggles. <laughs> like, hey, Metallo, <laughs> this ice didn't go too groovy. Dig these crazy, these crazy, these crazy diamonds, man. Shut up and play your bongos. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so what was your good thing? Uh... Like I said, I like Steel and I like Steel being in this, but I also really like his relationship with his uh, with his uh, niece Nate. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a fun character who is not irritating, and I expected her yeah. to be very irritating. Well, my good thing kind of ties into yours, mm. which is I love that they saved the big the Steel reveal, which mm-hmm. I could not think of a way to say that that didn't rhyme. You know, the Steel reveal yeah. deal. Uh, for the third act, so we could have a bunch of regular people helping Superman. Yeah. It's like that's that's what Nate was for, was to show it's not just a guy who can make a cool suit. It's mm-hmm. also this regular-ass little girl that he hangs around with. Yep. But also the people who live near Steel and keep Metallo occupied while Superman recovers. Like, the point of characters like Steel are, is anyone can be a hero. It, it helps if you have special abilities, like a like a metal lab and engineering skills, mm-hmm. but uh, that's not the thing that makes you a hero. It's yeah. just stepping up and doing the right thing and this this little girl does it and and these randos in the neighborhood do it it's yep. it's nice so. the guy who's just like i'm not going to tell you where superman is man what if i shake you around a whole lot well yeah i'll tell you then like I'm no no then it. he still didn't it's when he threatened to kill his mom that was it yeah or or some random older lady who lived in the neighborhood i guess we didn't have any evidence it was his no. mom i assumed it was his I, mom. I i also assumed that but regardless mm-hmm. the the villain tactic of threatening to kill another person that has nothing to do with you being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, oh, no, no. I was willing to do whatever, but uh, don't don't hurt her. Yeah. Metallo, you dick. Yes. Yep. That's me. <laughs> my dick is also in a tiny door, but uh, we won't talk about that right now. Lex Luthor stole my dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a drawer somewhere. I lost it. It's in a medicine cabinet. I know that's your favorite reference. <laughs> Mercy's going in there every day. Still? 
Lex, why have we thrown this away? I'm keeping it. I'm trying to figure out what it goes to. <laughs> Drives me crazy. Don't throw my stuff away. Can we at least call this the junk drawer because it has junk in it? That would involve having to put more junk in there. Is that what you want? Absolutely not. Now put it in the trunk. <laughs> uh, what was your bad thing? Uh, uh, please don't make Malcolm McDowell say the hood. It's like when um, Vincent Price says terrorize y'all's neighborhood. I, I mean, Vincent Price was, you know, terminally unhip when he did that. But I think <laughs> the point of Malcolm McDowell doing that was like, oh, he's a little bit racist, huh? He's, uh-huh. uh... He's in this uh, largely black neighborhood, and he's saying things like that, and he called Steel Superfly. Yeah, also, also gross. Oh. And I think that's about as far as a children's cartoon can go, mm-hmm. implying that this guy's a little bit racist, and I don't know. It's, the, it's not a bad detail, actually. Because yeah. it's, it's just, shitty. It's just one more, oh, fuck this guy. Oh, so he was working with uh, billionaire uh, evil genius Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. He has murdered people, stolen things. Oh, but uh, you don't think he's racist, huh? Okay. <laughs> That's where you draw the line. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, my bad thing is there There are some really odd moments of not very well written or timed comedy in this. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a whole conversation at the beginning between mm-hmm. Steele and, and his niece where... Are you, are you gonna come home for dinner? What's for dinner? Like bean curds? Ugh. Well, you're the one who gave Grandma a California cuisine cookbook. Like what? What is this? Yeah, what? Are you doing your type five on <laughs> wacky California food right now? <laughs> oh, and, and then there's a bit during the fight mm-hmm. where someone, you know, like you often get in a fight in Metropolis where like the the apartment building wall crashes and you see what's behind it. You see the person who lives there. And you see a fat guy in a bathtub going, uh-huh. Ooh. like, ugh. come on, guys. There's also the, uh, what, like the 10-minute conversation with the Costanzas? No, 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 that's the next episode. Oh, is it God? Yes, it is. Oh, what a week. Yeah. Actually, a bit of a spoiler ahead, that is also my bad thing for that episode. Oh, good! <laughs> just, just, and there's a moment that I wanted to like real bad, uh-huh. where... Uh, we're watching Angela Chen reporting on the the, uh, the jewel heist at the beginning, mm-hmm. and they cut to her too early, so she's oh, like yeah. yelling at the <laughs> production assistant, like "This better be decaf or whatever. This better not be decaf or whatever." And I wanted to like it because I do like Angela Chen, but mm-hmm. it just felt sort of like hacky first draft. Oh, these TV people, you know what I mean? Always yelling about coffee. They're just they're they're so mean to people who aren't celebrities, mm-hmm. huh? I mean, I like the idea that she's not particularly professional. That's kind of funny to me. But, yep. I think they know. do it be- uh, better in the next episode. Yeah. Also, she interviews Bibbo, and I still don't get Bibbo. He's Popeye. I don't get Popeye well, either. What would Popeye have to say about Superman? Uh, well, it would be unintelligible, first of all. Yeah, Superman. Yeah. You put uh, put subtitles in a Popeye cartoon, and it just says unintelligible muttering for seven <laughs> minutes. I mean, look, I grew up loving those cartoons. I still enjoyed them, but I don't know what Popeye is. I don't get it. <laughs> well, he's a sailor man, for one thing. Okay, that that part I get. And if sure. I remember the rhyme correctly, he lives in a garbage can. Oh, uh, that's not canon, though. <laughs> that is that is a song. That mm-hmm. is a song that exists, but uh, it is not canonical. 
can't believe I remember Oh, there was that. also another weird uh, comedy moment. I don't know mm. if you caught this or not. Uh, at the bank. Yes. Where they're trying to get into the vault, and, and the, the bank manager or whatever says he doesn't know the combination. It's, well, it's Marish LaMarche, because you always sure. use those guys, uh, doing what is clearly a cowardly lion voice. That, well, first of all, that's my quote. <laughs> I don't know the combination. Really, I don't even have a key to the men's room. Um, and secondly, I'm like, is he doing like an impression of that fucking Martin Short character? I don't think so, because I don't think that fucking Martin Short character existed yet. The guy with the sticky uppy hair? Oh, 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 oh. The hair point? Yeah, I know. You're, you're talking about, uh, I must say, uh, yeah, fuck, what is his name? Ed Grimley. Ed Gr- okay. Yeah, no, I thought you meant, um, uh, fuck. Clifford. He gets in the fat suit and he talks like oh, that. Oh, And then God. he goes like that, you know. Oh, um. Glick, Jiminy Glick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't know this. Anyway. We both hate Martin Short. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, well, but I hate for good reason. I don't just, like, I, I've seen a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Is the problem. Um, but no, I thought he was going for like a Cowardly Lion thing. Oh. Either way, it's a weird voice. Yeah. And I'm sure it's, oh, we got Maurice LaMarche for the 80th role. Uh, okay, can I mix it up at least? Can I do something a little different? I've been working on this one. <laughs> it's not your Orson, is it? I mean, it's not anymore. Mm. How about the brain? You like him? It's the same voice, yeah. Maurice. Look, that's, that's how we know you. <laughs> Um, what else? What else? Good chest. Oh, I liked, I liked, uh, I liked Metello's upgrades. I like for three appearances, they have been contriving ways to get Superman close enough to his chest for him to pop the door open. And Mm -hmm. that's getting a little stale. Uh So they're like, oh no, now he's got an upgrade where he can shoot beams of kryptonite, like out of his eyes or whatever. And that's, yeah, that makes sense. That's Mm -hmm. a good level up kind of thing. I, that was one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, I guess you don't have the, didn't have the kryptonite laser eyes before this. Every now and then, things like that. It's like I was saying, I think, last week, where there was a fire and Superman didn't use his cold breath. I'm like, oh, I guess he doesn't have that. Yeah. It just, every now and then, I just, because so many versions of these characters can just do certain things, I just assume they all can. I'm like, oh, right, this mm-hmm. one can't. Yeah. The robot with scary kryptonite inside him should shoot beams, right? Mm-hmm. Always. Makes sense. Right. As much as any of this makes sense. I mean, you know, yeah, in this world. I have beams weird... now, Superman. Oh, good? Good. I mean, I, I have beams also, but not really supposed to use them on regular guys. I guess I could use them on you. Why don't mm-hmm. I use them on you? We should have a beam fight. Why doesn't he just heat vision the kryptonite from far away? I mean, we've already established that this Superman is not very bright. I suppose that's true. He does hit on the idea of... Uh, poking Metallo with a big log, <laughs> which I don't think he's ever tried before. Like, oh, right, don't get close to the kryptonite in his chest. Use a big stick. <laughs> which I liked. We finally see a uh, Superman in the wild using tools. <laughs> well, I mean, the fight took him to Steel's lab, which happened to have a bunch of, like, construction materials yep. and things. Otherwise, he would have been screwed. There's no there's no trees in Metropolis. My down telephone pole, Superman. Don't touch that. I need it for my, for my, uh, I need that for my robot suit. Yeah, look, we don't have, um, we don't have cell phones yet. If Lois wants to call a story into the planet and you take the phone lines out, she's fucked. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Smallville. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wait, Superman, how I, did you know? Up. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Lana told me years ago. <laughs> 
I'm just pretending I don't know, waiting to see how long it's going to be till you tell me. I didn't want you to feel bad. You were so pleased with the glasses. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm oh, Lois we're... fucking Lane, right? <laughs> making fun of the glasses again, huh? Uh-huh. Okay. I put I cut these under a ski mask. It was really hard. <laughs> Two layers. Oh, I don't know if you caught this. At one point, Steel is um, chasing uh, uh, Nate and Steel, and mm-hmm. uh, or excuse me, Metallo's chasing them, and um, he uh, pulls the emergency brake of the car and spins her. He does the fucking Tokyo Drift thing. Yep, he sure does. They really Which, wanted to stretch out that chase scene, and. I guess so. It was not the best. Never exciting. Uh, Again, you can get me with a chase scene, but not this one. No. Oh, and there was a weird moment where, so there's that crowd that's that's stalling him, and the kid who pisses him off Mm -hmm. uh, says something that pisses him off, and then there's a little bell, like a little ding. Like, what what was that? Weird. I thought it was was something hitting him, maybe. Uh No, it sounded like, um, like you have on a desk, like at a hotel or something. Oh, like, you know, like ding ding, that kind of thing. That is weird. Yeah, it was just a strange. And I, like I said, I thought it was a piece of metal hitting something or whatever, but there was nothing that caused it. It was like that was his temper bell. I guess that's when he got mad. You've really was... pissed me off now, random street person. Mm-hmm. In this hood. In yes, you're the man now, dog. In this ever-changing hood in which we're living. <sighs> I like wings. Hey, me too. Mm-hmm. Shut up, Superman. <laughs> uh, uh, what else? I don't know. Uh, Popeye goggles. Popeye goggles. Popeye goggles. Steel mm-hmm. fucks up a fridge. Mm-hmm. Gotta fuck up a fridge. Mm-hmm. He really doesn't like California cuisine. No, apparently not. I guess. No, I like... You're, you're right, though. This, this should have been a better... Like for for Steel being such a good character, it should have mm-hmm. been better. But the, but they didn't they didn't fuck him up. Like no no not at all. Everything they promised with this this sort of earnest, talented guy, building a suit and helping Superman, mm-hmm. it, you know they paid off. And Superman still got that yes I welcome the help thank you yeah like the the last beat of the episode is him saying um, get used to this because you're gonna hear it a lot and mm-hmm. it's a nice little fake out where he's like oh no is he gonna yell at me? Mm-hmm. It's like and he shakes his hand he says. Good job. Thank you. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, I love I li- that about Superman. I like that Superman's the kind of guy who's like, ah, a new friend. Mm-hmm. He likes like, to I make friends. He, I don't think he wants like a kid throwing on a blanket cape and like trying oh, to no. fight crime. That's dangerous. But this guy knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Built robots for fucking Lex Luthor. He's, he knows his shit. Yeah. Hey, you really beat the shit out of Metallo, which is a thing I have to do about once a year. Um, so welcome aboard. Yeah, also, uh, I might have died that time, and mm-hmm. you saved my ass, so yep. thanks. Hamilton did not build me anything for kryptonite rays. That's a new one. <laughs> Hamilton. I gotta call I, I him. I can build you something much better. Oh, man, you could be the new Hamilton. I'm getting sick of that guy. He's getting real needy. <laughs> Emil throws down his lab coat and stomps on it. Called me like five times yesterday. I'm fine, Emil. Thank you. <laughs> oh. You're my only friend, Superman. I cut off my other friends and said I never needed friends because I had Superman. <laughs> I can't hang out with you all the time. Can't you? I got Superman shit to do. Right, with me, your best friend. Okay, but listen. You don't have to sleep, right? Mm. I do. So there's eight hours a day you can do Superman shit, and the rest of the time you can spend with me. 
Wow, thanks. What a gift. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, that's everything I got. Very well. Let's move on to Warrior Queen. An yes. episode I am still disappointed was not about Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Here we go. The opening shot of this episode really got my hopes up with some very excellent space backgrounds, spaceships, space architecture, all that space shit that I'm really here for. Then my hopes were completely obliterated five seconds later when I realized we were on another damn planet where it's permanently Renfair times. Guys, put down your stupid fighting axes and apocryphal turkey legs and look out the window. You're in space. Well, looks like they're not interested. That makes two of us. (laughs) All right, let's get this over with. The planet in question is ruled by Maxima, who's basically Tila from He-Man meets a different version of Tila from He-Man. She's a hard-fighting and extremely horny piece of work who's decided to combine the classic game Fuck, Marry, Kill so that if some dude manages to nearly kill her, she will marry and then fuck him. I may have the order wrong there. Unfortunately for her, no man has been worthy. Not even this bargain basement apocalypse guy, voiced by our boy Miguel Ferrer. Maxima nearly cuts his head off for... not cutting her head off first, I guess, but she spares his life because despite all that death penalty business last week, this is a children's cartoon. She immediately regrets this move because, come on, the dude is voiced by Miguel Ferrer, so of course he's evil. He's been conspiring with Maxima's chief handmaiden, off-color Queen Amidala, who tricks Maxima into going to Earth and killing 15 minutes of episode with some boring fights with Superman. And 15 minutes is all it takes for bargain basement apocalypse guy and off-color Queen Amidala to take over their dumb planet. I think all they actually had to do was literally just sit down on the throne and everyone just started bowing to them. Makes sense that everyone would be this profoundly stupid on a world that still thinks it's the year 1215. (laughs) Superman holds his own in a fight with Maxima, which causes her to squee with delight and then drag him back to her planet by the hair like a gender-swapped sexist cartoon caveman. Except, oh no, the planet's not hers anymore because betrayal, right. Also, bargain basement apocalypse guy betrays off-color Queen Amidala and has all three of them thrown into the... Schmankor Pit, an intellectually distinct location where they fight a big monster for seven or eight hours. Then they return to the throne room to fight even longer, and I'm starting to realize why we're well past the halfway point of this series, because the fights in this episode lasted roughly six seasons and a movie. (coughs) Then off-color Queen Amidala picks up something that looks like Space Ghost's power bands, but instead of a spank ray, it makes a loud explosion sound and opens a portal that carries a bunch of people away. They call it a bang tube, and it's also a completely original creation that exists nowhere else in the universe. Superman dusts his hands, lets out a big sigh, and makes Maxima promise to stop being such a horny jerk. Then he leaves, and almost immediately Lobo shows up, so I'm sure he'll definitely be a big help with that whole effort. (laughs) This was a bad episode. It wasn't very good. It It was very bad. (laughs) Is this the worst one so far? It's probably the worst one so far. And, you know, look, even a bad episode of the show is fine. Mm -hmm. It's not up to the standards that we expect. I mean, but, uh, it's better than most children's cartoons of the time. I mean, there are certainly some things in this that I liked, you know? Yeah, and look, it's Superman, mm-hmm. you know, from school. Yeah. That's okay. Like I, honestly, and as much as I kid that that the Lobo showing up like, you know, that that was that was a fun. That was. That, that was a nice like, oh, right, that guy exists in space. That's that's nice. I like that. Well, and I like that I'm never going to find anyone as cool as Superman. Uh, hey, something happening in here. Just bursts in like Lenny and Squiggy. Hello. (laughs) What kind of idiot would I have to marry? (laughs) Oh, it's perfect. But yeah, it's not. I know you're not, and this is your bad thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you're not a fan of this kind of thing. I 
hate a if you can defeat me you can marry me story they're always gross and they pop up surprisingly commonly you know well you know it's one of those it's one of those uh, fantasy tropes and particularly star wars didn't invent this particularly after star wars yeah though. like uh but it's sci-fi a, blended all that fantasy shit in there it's like it's just it's it, it's gross and also every time it pops up i'm just like i completely lose interest in whatever's happening so like yeah this is just blah, you know i will say they to their partial credit they get they get like a c minus for this mm-hmm. they made it a lady like the, yep. the horny one who like wants to fight everyone so that they will then marry her is not a dude mm-hmm. and that for the mid 90s mid to late 90s on children's tv is something at least well and maxima's like, character like, is fun to me like this is my good she thing. is well that, and that's what i was gonna say mm-hmm. i feel like young amanda would have loved this character oh yeah it's just the stuff in the episode is boring you know like whenever yeah. she pipes up and or like Starts, like, yelling at people like I'm delighted, but, like, the rest of the time, yeah. just, f- whatever. Well, go ahead. Yeah, go into your good thing. Like, what is what do you like about her specifically? I just find, like, I th- she saves what is otherwise a very boring episode. Just, like, I like, uh, hang on, I got notes here. I like her yelling at people, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her beating the shit out of Superman. I like her little squeaks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, I think... I think on paper this character was okay. I think it was definitely elevated by the voice performance. Yes, and this is... Who was this? It's Sharon Lawrence, who uh, was a pretty big TV name in the 90s. Like, if you... Like, I, back in the day, you know, I read, like, like a lot of people. This doesn't make me, like, a, you know, like a super fan or anything. Mm-hmm. But I read a lot of, like, Entertainment Weekly and, like, shit like that. And, like, you'd always hear about this person. And I, I didn't know her because she was mostly in, like, NYPD Blue. Yeah. Which... I never watched, but she did play Amelia Earhart in a Voyager episode. I wish I hadn't watched. Oh yeah, that's right. But she, you know, she was she was a pretty big like she was a pretty big get. Mm-hmm. Like she was a, a TV star. Yeah, and she did a great job. Like she really breathed some life into this nothing character. Yeah, she really did. Um, and that's also she goes on uh, Angela Chen's TV show to talk about Superman uh-huh. in a sequence I really enjoy, and then gets mad and starts breaking shit. Well, so Angela, once again, I saw this in your notes and I agree with you, like, she doesn't know shit and goes on TV to tell everyone, like, I don't know, we're, our Superman piece is about five minutes short, what are we going to do? And then, like Lenny and Squiggy, mm-hmm. this woman bursts through the door and says, well, Superman's my uh, my fiancé, so what about that? That'll fill, that'll fill some time, get over here. Yeah. So, apparently, Angela Chen has a, uh, a segment on her, on her news show. Uh, where she talks about Superman and the fact that she doesn't know what the fuck is, uh, Superman knows. I guess so. Like, we've seen this before, and it's hilarious. Yeah, I I still, I maintain, I said this last time, mm-hmm. I maintain this is her, like, she has a rivalry with Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. They don't really like each other, and this is her way of sticking it. Like, I bet more people care about my TV show that says nothing about Superman than your news column that says tons about Superman. Because yep. more people care about TV, Lois. Mm-hmm. How's that? Uh, how's that dying industry going? Uh huh. Still going to be gasping into irrelevance in the uh, second decade of the uh, 21st century. Has, Third uh, decade of the 21st. Has century? Daily Planet switched to video yet? Pivoted to video. Excuse I think you mean. Excuse me. <laughs> Got to use that industry term uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. Uh, so I mentioned this already. My bad thing. Is kind of the same as the last one. Mm-hmm. The, like you said, the Costanzas or some some elderly 
And let's be honest, probably Jewish, oh, very, in very poor taste. Yeah. A couple watching Superman and Maxima fight. Mari, look over here. It's, oh God, it's bad. And it's part, it's part like um, Gladys Kravitz from Bewitched, like mm-hmm. the nosy neighbor. But what they're trying to do is underscore the fact that Maxima thinks marriage is this honorable institution and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, it is? Oh, no, no. That's what Superman says. Yeah. It's like, no, marriage is about people who respect each other. And uh, this old married couple are like, it is? I don't understand. Marriage is for two people who hate each other. Mm -hmm. I hate that trope. I hate that more than you hate. uh, Oh, yeah. It's a terrible fucking trope. I I grew up not understanding why anyone would get married because pop culture just inundated me with this idea that married people hate each other. Yeah. Like, and look, I've been happily married for 11, 12 years. Something yeah, something like that. Like yeah, that. 11 years. Yeah. And, like, marriage is great. Yeah. If you find the right person, shut up, pop culture. Yeah, what the fuck's wrong? It's it's so weird to just, like, oh, yeah, we're going to put the Lockhorns in the Superman episode for five minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, look, there's a, there's a place for that. It can be funny, but it's just, th- that seemed to be the overwhelming message of most sitcoms, movies, everything for the longest time. And... The show should be a little better than that. Yeah. Look, the only married couple I can think of are the Kents, but they seem happy. Mm-hmm. They're very happy. I do like, they did play up some of the sort of wholesome farm boy stuff with Superman. Like, look, I I don't care if you want to marry me. I don't want to marry you. Yeah. And I wish you would stop. Like, he, he's not like, well, hey, you're attractive. Maybe I'll give this a try. Like, nope. No. Not interested. I'm, I mean, not seeing someone, but like, you know. Maybe eventually. I've been dancing around trying to see someone for, for many years. Let's see, three years now. Really should do something about that. Mm-hmm. I probably won't. Yeah. Really need to lock that down so we don't spin into an alternate reality where everything's terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just this is another uh, this is another exi- just Superman being annoyed, which always delights me. Well, yeah, this is uh, th- that brings me to my quote, mm-hmm. which is her sort of like um, it starts out sort of sexually suggestive, which was just going to be. The quote for me, but then his reaction really delighted me, which is this. No one has ever lasted this long with me. No one. You are my equal. This is the happiest day of my life. I'm... Glad. I'm glad. Good? Really good read from Tim Daly there. The, the other weird thing with this episode, mm-hmm. like they play up that Maxima is a terrible, is like a terrible ruler. Yeah, when uh, when when the sudden but inevitable trail, betrayal happens, mm-hmm. they're like, well, obviously we took over and the people were fine with it because you suck. You suck. Like, and like her handmaiden character makes like a big deal out of it. Like, you don't yeah. care about your people, you suck, and you're horrible. And then Miguel Ferrer shows up, and mm-hmm. also he sucks in ways that he won't really get into, other than he's just like, mm, I'm also going to throw you into prison. And then, Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the idea is that she's spoiled and, like, wasting the people's money and not helping them, but then we see him having giant feasts with dancing girls, mm-hmm. so, like, he's just more of the same. But, hey, hey politics, am I right? Uh-huh. And then we go back to Maxwell being in charge, and it's like, good, I guess? Like, well... This kind of ties into my good thing, because mm-hmm. the whole time, not just with this speech about, about marriage like I was talking about, but the whole time, particularly when they get back to the planet, he's telling her, look, 
if you're a leader, you have to do this and this and this. Like, I'm always a fan of Superman teaching people basic decency. Mm-hmm. And there's that, but there's also him saying, look, if you're in charge of these people, you need to do good things for them. You need to help them. You need to not just be in this castle and eat big feasts and have sex all the time. You need to do something. And the idea, I think, it didn't really come across, but the idea is that she learned her lesson. Well, that's the like, thing. He, like it, He got through to her. It never feels like she's like, oh, that is a better way to run things. She just seems like, shut up, Superman. I want to fuck Lobo. Which, yeah. fair enough, you know, have fun. Yeah. You guys are perfect for each other, but that doesn't really help the poor people of this planet uh-huh. still. Imagine if you introduced any kind of industrialization to mm-hmm. this fucking dirt farming bullshit fucking medieval. Ah! Oh, it's too. No, sorry, we have to keep fighting the slug that lives in the basement. Oh my god, the tentacle monster. That's fine. That's pretty standard stuff. Mm-hmm. Who then electrocutes you? Yep. I think that's a bit overkill. Yep. Also, got it. Look bad. Pick a lane. What's that? Also, God, it looked bad. Well, because you thought it was like a squiddy thing, and then you sort of zoom out, and you see, like, oh, no, it's attached to, like, a leech kind of thing, and the tentacles come out of its mouth. Well, it's just, it looks very, like, it, I don't know, we'll make, like, a big brown pile, and that'll be the monster. Mm-hmm. I expect better from this show. Yeah. Sometimes I do. This show's definitely more uneven than, than Batman. Like, it has some really mm-hmm. good, like, high highs. Yeah. And then but it the has lows this. are definitely lower too. Yeah. And again, this wasn't like dreadful. Oh, no. I sat through some much worse things. Yeah. But, you know, podcasting with you over the years, I've had to sit through some much worse oh, things. Oh, yeah. We've watched some real but, dog shit. Yeah. At least this wasn't you know, an hour long. That's that's definitely true. Um, there were so uh when Maxima would introduce herself, mm-hmm. she would always say, like, I am the holder of this and the keeper of that, and blah blah blah. And apparently that was an uh, an actual nod to Walks on a Troll. Oh, no kidding. That's awesome. With the holder of the sacred Keeper chalice. Keeper of the da, 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 House da, da, da. of Ricks. Because uh, Hillary Bader, who wrote a bunch of episodes for this and also for Batman, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, wrote for Next Gen, apparently. Oh, wrote, no. Actually wrote for Walks on a Oh, so. cool. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that. So, good job. Maybe that's how they got Michael Dorn. Like, hey, you you worked on Next Gen, right? You know, you know Worf? Oh shit, you know Worf? I know the actor Michael Dorn. Can we get Worf on oh. the show? I was hoping you could get Worf, but I guess that guy will do. I suppose that's fine. I mean, he's busy on Deep Space Nine, but I can... It's a long flight from here, to from Deep Space Nine to here. Do you think he'll make it in time? You know how TV works, right? Yeah, and nope. show up and draw things. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh. Miguel Ferrer does not look like he should have a Miguel Ferrer voice. Uh, I disagree with you here, but I enjoy where you're going with this. He looks like he's a very yeah looking uh, character. Well, like I like, I mean, I called it out in my summary. I thought he looked like a. You said this too. He looked like a rejected Jack Kirby. Thing. Oh yeah, well, everything about this planet looks like Jack Kirby's like fourth draft. <laughs> not uh, fourth world, but uh, fourth fourth draft. draft yeah. Uh huh. It's just, ah, and the other thing is, th- these guys all must be from something because they all look super familiar, but like I can't place where. Yeah, I mean, I count on you to know this yeah. stuff. So if you don't know it, it's probably not worth knowing. Like Maximus got like armor that I'm like, I know I've seen that before, and I could not tell you where. Yeah, it's Tila. She just looks like Tila. Yeah. Um, what else? That is yeah, I don't I have, have a whole lot here. Yeah. 
I mean, I didn't love it. No. But, you know. <laughs> the end of thought. No, it's, you know, I mean, we all know I'm not the biggest fan of the of the Jack Kirby mm-hmm. stuff, but this this felt like a watered-down version of that. Yeah. Which is even worse. Uh-huh. So, uh, but speaking of that, next week, mm-hmm. we are doing a big two-parter with Apocalypse, so this is their big chance yep. to finally make this idea work for us. Because uh, so far, you're on the same page with me. You want to like it. Yeah, it's been... Because you know it can be good, but... It's just not been that could impressive. Be so better. Far. So hopefully yeah. it will be next week. Yeah, and actually, a very old friend of ours mm-hmm. will be joining us for this. Yeah. He um he's a guy who's never been on our podcast before, but uh, we know him from the message board that you and I met on mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and I, I was thinking of the last time I actually verbally spoke to him, and it was a con that uh, uh, Flonk also attended. I, I think Irish Gav went to that one. Like a bunch of our regular guests mm-hmm. were there. 16 years ago. Good God. We have known all of these people for so long. Yeah. But this dude goes way back, and we are excited to have him on the show. Mm-hmm. His name is JR, and he loves all that Jack Kirby stuff. He, I, I think, wrote into our last um, mail episode and, and was like, hey, what's your problem? <clears throat> this stuff's great. Yeah. And so, let's, uh, like, I want to hear someone really defend that. So, uh, looking forward to that. Yeah. So, that'll be next week. And uh, we should be coming up, like I've been saying, pretty soon. End of the series. So uh, if you want to write to us, it is Kids Love Batman Podcast at Gmail. And that's all for this time. Yeah. See ya, folks. Twala Mari. Oh, God. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2021. Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.